Um, I do want to read, even though you, you read the scripture, I do want to read a portion of that scripture uh, for the message this morning. So uh, those of you that like to stand for the reading of God's words, please stand with me. And we'll read this real quick in uh, Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to read just uh, verse 12 through 14 for this morning. And scripture reads, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. If you'll bow your heads with me for a moment, we'll call on the Holy Spirit. Lord, we call on you this morning. We call for the Holy Spirit this morning, Lord, if you would just lead us in this message this morning. Lord, we are so very thankful to be in another place that we could preach your word, Lord. But we know that self has to back out of it. As I said earlier, we need to become just a vessel that the Spirit begins to fill up. The unction of the Holy Spirit is what the Bible calls when it comes down upon the man uh, to preach the Word of God. And Lord, I just ask that those out here pray uh, for what it is that you have for us this morning, that their eyes, ears are open, Lord, to hear everything that's said this morning. We, we, we need to take in every chance we have and what God has for us because we never know when we need to use it when we leave out of here and in our lives and in our world, Lord, and we just want to be filled as much as we can before the day comes that you, the trumpet sounds and you come down to take your children home. Lord, I do pray for this church and pray for everything this morning. Lord, it's in your name that we pray and all God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, in this life, often things don't go the way that we think they should go. Uh, I think we have been experiencing over the last couple of years a lot of things not going the way that we think they should go or hope that they go. We make plans, and because of circumstances, mostly, mostly out of our control, our plans change. But we need to also realize that uh, because of circumstances in our control sometimes, things change as well. And they can either change for the righteous or they can change for, for the bad. Um, as you sit here today, how many can say, how many people here can say you're sit, where you're sitting today that this is exactly where you had seen yourself a long time ago? Now, for me, um, that's not true. There, there was a time, I, I'm, the, I'm the late called preacher. I'm not the, the one who uh, got saved when he's six or seven years old and started preaching when he's nine or ten and was in church all his life. I got saved when I was 13, but uh, 13, that's that teenage year. And things got out of hand from that point on for a lot of years. Um, and about 37 years old, I answered the call to preach. Now, I know I, we were talking at dinner last night. I had to call long before that, but too much, too much in the world and not enough in, in what God would have me to do. So I can honestly tell you whether it be sitting in that chair and definitely standing up here. This is not where I saw myself to be. Thank God that it is where I'm at, but it's not where I saw myself to be. But I will tell you this, it is a good thing that you're sitting where you're sitting today if you're here. Um, if you're a saved child of God, it's a great place to sit. If you're lost, it's a great place to sit. And hopefully that could change for you today. Um, but there are many times I have found uh, a position that I'm in 
is not exactly where I plan to be. And that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem is that I did not foresee myself following Christ for a long time. You know, God, in the beginning, he had a perfect plan for us. The Garden of Eden, it was the perfect plan. There, anything that, that we, you know, we, they weren't dealing with in the beginning, all this stuff that we're talking about today that we deal with. And it was one you know, specific thing that changed it is when the devil stepped into the picture because man faltered. But not only does or did he have a perfect plan for us in the beginning, but he has a perfect plan in the end of this thing for us as well. I know I won't always get it right here, but I do know that Jesus will have it all right for me when I finally get there. Now, does this mean because I know that, because I know that everything here is not going to be perfect, does that mean that uh, I just give up, that I, that I cave to what uh, the world wants us to do? Do I let the devil use me for things uh, that he should not be using me for? I, I don't believe so. And I don't believe Jesus showed that example to us either when he was here. He definitely did not show any sign of being defeated. And I want you to know something. We lived through a lot of things here, but none of us have lived through what Jesus lived through when he was here. You know, if there was somebody that was going to falter because of what was going on, that, that would have been Jesus, but we know he was God, so it did not happen. And I believe it was exactly the opposite. Do as we know we should do, even though, even when the devil gets right in your face, do the right thing. In fact, I believe we are to not ignore the devil, but set him straight on how things are supposed to be and how they really are. I believe that we see in this scripture this morning that we read, uh, that's an example of Jesus doing exactly what I'm trying to tell you this morning. You see, I see just what I want to preach when I look at that scripture uh, of Jesus in that temple, and he walks in and he sees what's going on, and the next thing you know, tables are flipping. And that's the title. The message that I'm going to preach to you this morning is, when the devil shows up, I'll just flip the tables on you. That's exactly what Jesus did. You see, he's not just going to keep flaunting his bedevilment business right in the temple. If you, and, and you, you know, Jesus did that. Jesus walked into that temple. But how many here you, you know this morning that the, the, the person you are, the body that you have, that is the temple of the Lord? And that's what I'm saying to you this morning. The same thing that Jesus did literally there in the temple, you need to say to the devil today, whenever you see him doing the things that he does, you need to flip the tables on him because he's going to try to do the same thing in your temple that was trying to be done through those people back then in the literal temple. No devil... You'll not stay in business in this temple. I'm going to flip the tables on you. 
This is why we look at this scripture a lot, and we, and we see that scripture. How many people end up, there's usually a conversation over what's righteous anger. Everybody wants to always excuse their behavior and say, well, it was righteous. It was righteous. We know it was righteous what he did, but I do believe that if you start flipping the tables on the devil, it is a righteous anger. You are doing exactly what you should be doing. Remember, the scripture tells us that we don't battle flesh and blood, but the principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. See, I believe that when Jesus was doing what he was doing in the temple, it was not so much that he was so angry with the people. He was angry with them being used by the devil. It was about the powers of darkness, what was happening. He knew that they were just people being used. What has the devil been selling in your temples, brothers and sisters? Let us preach a little bit this morning on when the devil shows up, I'll just flip the tables on him. The first point that I want to bring to your attention today is, and this is about the devil showing up in your temple, is when he shows up selling discouragement. When he shows up selling discouragement, you need to flip the tables on him. In John 10.10 it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. You need to remind him of how God has a plan for you. He's going to show up. You know, anybody ever been discouraged since you've been around in this world today? Some of you probably might be discouraged today. It's time to flip the tables on him. You need to remind him of how God has a plan for you. You need to tell him he's, he's trying to discourage you. He's trying to make you feel bad about what's going on, like you can't go on. You need to remember and tell him, no, devil, remember God has blessed me. I, I might be discouraged a little bit right now, but remember that he has blessed you in the past. You tell him about how he's watched over you. This isn't the first time I've been discouraged. He's brought me through it before. He's watched after me. He's kept me up. He has fulfilled my needs. Yeah, but can I tell you that no matter how discouraged you are here today, sitting here, that if you are sitting here, can, can everybody do this with me? Go, he has fulfilled your needs. If you are still here, sitting in the chair, breathing in and out, God has fulfilled your needs up to this point. You should have no problem flipping the table on the devil and telling him that he has a plan for me. You need to remind him of how God has a place for me. Never forget that no matter how bad it gets here, how much discouragement you have in you, if you are a saved child of God, you have a place in heaven. You can look the devil straight in the face, flip the tables, and tell him, you can only do this for so long because I am going to a place that you will not be. I'll be in the kingdom. And then, just to really put him in his place when he tries to sell the discouragement in your temple, you need to remind him of how God has a plight for him. While you're telling him about the place you're going to, how about you tell him about the place he's going to? There's a place that was made for you. It is called hell. I won't be there. I am not going to be discouraged today. When he shows up selling discouragement, you flip that table on him and just tell him about how God has been good to you. Number two, when the devil shows up at the temple and he's selling dishonesty. John 8, 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. He's full of lies. 
There's no truth in him. He, he can't be truthful, tell the truth. He can't do the, anything in the truth because there's no truth in the devil. And he will show up at your temple and start selling all this dishonesty. You need to remind him, although there's no truth in you, I know somebody that the Bible says Jesus is the truth. Not that he tells the truth. Not that he's truthful, but he is the truth. He can't do anything but be truthful. And by the way, devil, that's my God. I belong to him. I am a child of this Jesus I speak about. You need to tell him, you know, you know the, 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 the greatest weapon you have when it comes to the devil and his lies is this right here. This is, the, this is full of truth. It, you, you need to, to have this in your hand, have it in your heart, have it in your mind, and be able to lay the word of God, the very truth. When he's selling dishonesty, have the very truth that you can lay upside his head, one good one. And I believe it's all true. I believe everything from the beginning to the end. I believe every word. I don't care if the word is A. I believe it. It's the truth. Every single word. I believe the period. Even though we put that in, God has taken care of this. You know, some people say, well, how can you, how can you believe the Bible? How can you, you, you believe when it's, it's been in existence all these years? And, and, and you know that old game where you tell some, a story at the beginning and then travels down through the people at the end and it's never the same. They use, use that and talk about that. Now, I could go through all of this stuff that I learned when I was in college and stuff, but the easiest explanation to me how I believe that this is the truth is I say to you, do you believe in God? Now, if somebody doesn't believe in God, then we've we got to go a whole different route. But the ones that say they believe in God, but they're not quite sure if this is all the truth, this is all uh, what God would have it be. If you believe in God, do you believe God created this entire world? Do you believe that he spoke these things into existence, that you're here because he spoke it into existence? And you go through the, a minute or two of this, <coughs> and then you look at him and you say, well, if you believe that he can do all that, what makes you think he can protect one book from being the truth from now until the end of time? I believe it. It's the truth. And I lay that out to the devil with his dishonesty. You need to remind him that Jesus is the one that you trust. I don't have my trust in you, devil. You're selling this dishonesty to me, but my trust isn't in you. My trust is in Jesus Christ. And by the way, I trust him because he's never lied to me and he's never let me down. And you need to remind him that he's nothing but a traitor. He had it. He was there. He was in heaven. He was the angel of angels, and he became a traitor. He wanted to take over, and I know that. I know, devil, I know who you are. I know you are nothing but a traitor. You've been a liar from the beginning. You're a liar till the end. And when he sells that dishonesty, you need to flip that table on the devil. Number three, when he shows up selling distractions. This is one of his greatest tools. You do realize that the devil is not concerned with you becoming a devil worshiper. He could care less whether you worship him. He could care less whether you love him, like him, fond of him. None of that matters. His whole point, if he can keep you distracted till that last breath we talked about is gone, he is satisfied because it's not about you. He don't care whether you like him. He shows up selling distractions. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through the, 
his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Remind him that Jesus is the way. You're, you're not going to distract me. with. Now, he's done it. He's done it to us all, but we, that's what I'm saying. He has come in and set ta this table up in your, in your, in your temple, but you need, to, you need to recognize it now, and you need to flip it and remind him that Jesus is the way. I follow Jesus. You can't distract me anymore with this over here and this over here. I am following Jesus. Uh, Jesus is who, who I want to be with, and guess what? I'm safe. I'm safe in the arms of Jesus. You'll not distract me with your mess. You need to remind him that Jesus is not about discourse because that's one of the things you can tell when things start getting all out of whack, that it's, it's probably a distraction that Satan's trying to send to you. Whenever, hey, you think COVID isn't a distraction? I ain't saying that COVID is definitely of the devil. I'm just saying that if you don't think he's using it as a distraction, look around at churches. There's a lot of churches there where people were gone and people weren't coming to the church anymore, and he's using it as a distraction. You need to remind him that Jesus is not about this. Jesus, God is a, a God of order. He put the word in order for us. He, I mean, we know exactly how we get to heaven, right? We know we become followers of Jesus Christ he, did, he didn't make this into some crazy and there's a lot of people out there that are doing that that are giving you crazy different ways to to get to to, to heaven God has a plan for everything <coughs> you need to remind him that he has tried this from the very beginning and you're on to him I mentioned the garden you, he, he tried from the very beginning he started with Adam and Eve and he you know, they, they were over there at the tree, and, and they were telling them, God says this. Well, the devil says, oh, that can't be right, this. So he's starting to give them different options. He's trying to get them distracted by what the word of God says, and it worked. He set up the temple of distraction, and now here we are where we are, and sin is in the world. We got we to flip that table on the devil, flip the table of distractions. Number four, when he shows up selling diversity. What I mean by diversity is other gods, other ways. In Ephesians 6, 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. <laughs> Don't ever think the devil ain't smart. I'm telling you these things, and they all got to be done in Christ Jesus because you are no match for the devil. He's proven it again from the start. And he, if you're honest with yourself, you know he's, he's, he's set tables up in your temple. It's happened. You need to remind him that Jesus said he'd always be there for me. When he starts trying to give you these other gods, these other ways, you say to him, I need nothing. I need nobody else, no other gods. I have the God, the only God. And guess what? It's going pretty well for me. You know, you know, you know how like when you go into certain car lots and stuff and they, they come up trying to, they, you want to buy this, this over here. You want to buy this sensible car with the gas mileage and the guy's trying to get you to come over here and buy an $80,000 pickup truck over here that you can't. Just, no. Don't let the devil do that. Don't let him try to sell you on all this other diversity. You have it. You have Jesus Christ. There's nothing better than that. And there's no way you'll, you'll live a better life than with Jesus Christ. You need to remind him that Jesus said that, he would, that there would be trials. Because he's going to use that distraction of the trials in this diversity thing. When he starts distracting you and, 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 and telling you that there's other, <coughs> other gods in other ways... 
You need to say, no, that's not going to work. God told me this wasn't going to be easy. He told me <coughs> that there'd be trials for me to go through here. He said that there would be potholes along the way that we'd fall in. Does not mean because there are trials that Jesus is not the way. The, T-H-E, capital, all of it, the way. You need to remind him of that. You need to remind him that he cannot, devil, you cannot send more than Jesus will show me the way through. It's going to tell you there's a better way. Look at this problem you're dealing with. Look at this cancer you're dealing with. Look at this disease. Look at the fact that I'm having trouble in my marriage. And you know these things. He's going to mention all these things to you and tell you, you know there's a better way to do this if you'll just go with me. Say no. No. You can't do anything to me that Jesus won't walk me through. They're going to have, the trials are going to be there, but Jesus, he, he, he will take you through. It's just, you think about when they were out on the sea and all those disciples started going crazy and, and, and Jesus, he says, peace be still. Calms the winds, calms everything that's going on. I'm always amazed at that scripture where he says, get into the boat, we're going to the other side, and that the devil, or the, the, the devil started messing with the disciples, and they got all worried because the storm came, we're going to drown, and they forgot that Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And we know he's the truth, he doesn't lie. I don't care what showed up. The Loch Ness Monster could have showed up, and they were going to the other side because Jesus said they were. You need to remember that. Flip that table when the devil tries to sell you diversity. And number five, the last one for this morning, and this is the one. This is the one that he really finally pulls people down. When he shows up selling defeat. All these other things, you can have moments of it. But when he gets somebody and he wrangles his, his hands around them and he gets them, let that table set up of defeat, that is hard. That's hard to get somebody out of that once they feel defeated. In Psalm 41, 11, it says, By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. You need to remind him that I'm on the winning team. I'm on the winning team. This, we're, we're not, this isn't a, because it's futuristic that we finally get to heaven. We, we feel like victory is there. Victory is right now. If you have accepted Christ, you are on the winning team right now. There's, there's battles going on and things happening, but we, see, we know the future. We know. We don't know everything, but we do know that when it comes to the future. If you're a saved child of God, we know we're on <coughs> the winning team. I'm, head, I'm heading to heaven. I'm heading to heaven. But don't just rest. Don't just rest in the idea that I'm heading to heaven because that's how a lot of people get defeated during the rest of this time before heaven gets here. You need to look the devil in the face, flip the table of defeat and say, I'm organizing the victory party right now. I'm going to start partying right now for what I know is coming because this isn't bad either. There's troubles and trials here, but this life with Jesus Christ is pretty good. It's a good time. 
You need to remind him that I said earlier about having a place in glory that's being built by Jesus himself. I thought about this too. We know that the Bible tells us that if we're saved child of God, that Jesus is up there building us a new home, right? A mansion. There's different ways you can look at it. Some people say it's a gigantic building and we each have our room. Some people say they have. Some people say they, I just want my cabin over there on the other side of the, uh, of the hill. Whatever. He's building. And, and I often think about this. People always want, you know, more, more things to convince them that that is really what's go going on. That I'm okay here, even though the devil's doing what he's doing and he's throwing this or setting up these tables of defeat, I'm okay. Well, it's just like I said about the, um, the, the ship and the fact that Jesus said, I'm going to the other side. Well, the Bible tells me that he's making, building a mansion for me. The last time I checked, Jesus does nothing for no reason. And the fact is this. I fully believe that if he's building a mansion for me, there's not going to be a no vacancy sign up there. It's, it's, it's there, and it's for me. And I, and I believe this with all my heart. And if that's the case, then when the devil's trying to defeat me here, it can't happen. You cannot defeat me because I know I have a place over there, and it is because Jesus tells me so. And lastly, when it comes to this table of defeat, you know, I, I'm one of these people, I don't, know, I don't know if you feel like me or if this is, this might just be a little self coming out, not necessarily scriptural per se, but I like to poke the devil. Not, not, not stir him up, but like give him a what for, give him a, a left or a right cross when I can give him one. Because I, I don't like him, quite frankly. And I think Jesus is okay with that, I don't like him. So, in the end, when he comes selling me defeat, you tell him, I'll have to sell you defeat because you are defeated. Remind him that this same scripture, and, and when I say remind, understand this, the devil knows this scripture front to back. He knows it better than a lot of us. So, when I say remind him, you're going to tell him something that he knows, and that is what we mentioned earlier. Devil, my friend... You have a place in hell. If anybody should be defeated, it should be you. Because you are defeated, and in the end, you're going to find out. And that place, I said earlier that he, he built a mansion for me. He built a mansion for you that are saved. You can tell the devil, and that place, it was built for you. That wasn't built for man. I'm not supposed to go there. You're not going to defeat me because that place wasn't made for me. The place in heaven was made for me. That's your home. And you'll be there one day. Look, there's one thing that I know about this life, and that is this. Satan is a fighter. He's not a quitter. He's a fighter. But he knows of his doom. And he knows he's not going to be doomed alone. He's relentless. He is absolutely relentless. He is bound and determined to take you with him by using these tables that he sets up in your temple. And it's not because he cares for you, like I said earlier. It's because he hates God. 
You're just a tool. Bible, in fact, says you heard me when I prayed. It says we're a vessel, we're a tool. Question is, is whose hands is going to be on you? Who's going to use you? You're just a tool. You, you are just a means for him to hurt God. This is what he's trying to do. He doesn't really care that, like, he want you know, Jesus wants us in heaven with him because he loves us. Because he created us, he wants to have eternity with us. The devil doesn't care about none of that. You being there is only the, so that he can, he can hurt God. Because he knows how much God loves us. What that means, though, is if you read between the lines, is God loves you and Satan knows it. This is why he sets the tables up in your temple tries to sell all those things to you but you must flip the tables do not allow the God who came and died for you to watch Satan use you when Satan shows up just flip the tables on him and let him know that you love God back as much as God loves you amen